0: Hi everyone, welcome to Sunday Brunch. I'm really excited um, today. I have my friend Venetia with me. Um, we've never met, but I've just realised that we've actually been friends online for over two and a half years now, which is really, really cool. Um, and yeah, we just—I really wanted to get her on the show. Um, we have been meaning to do a podcast since April, if you can believe it. Um, And yeah, I'm gonna jump straight into some of the questions that we had from both of our communities. Um, Yeah, so I might let um, Venetia just quickly introduce herself and then we'll get into the questions.
1: Thanks so much for having me, Maddie. It's such a pleasure to be on your podcast.
0: Um, I can't believe we've been friends for two and a half (laughs) years. I know, I was (laughs) actually archiving all of my emails last night and I found um, our first email thread and it was in like July 2012.
1: It's funny because I keep thinking that Pop Basic, I I keep thinking, oh, it's been around for a year, right? That's how long, it's just difficult mm-hmm. to fathom that we've been friends for so long. But I think that leads to our first question and I think it's more for you for you, I think. Um, mm-hmm. But how did the A Life Unstyled partnership with Pop Basic come about? I, I can't really remember, um, did I reach out to you
0: to see whether you wanted to do something on the blog? I, I honestly can't remember, I think it was kind of like we both perhaps met each other through another blogger um, and then we kind of like mutually um, collaborated I think yeah, that came about. Sorry, my dog's trying to get off my lap. <laughs> uh,
1: because I think it was when you were doing the Bida collection mm-hmm. um, that I obviously first came across Pop Basic. And I, what I do remember about it was that it was a very organic type yeah. of partnership. It, it wasn't that you know I came to you and said, oh, these are my followers and this is my community and mm-hmm. this is what you would get out of um, working with me. I think it was basically your presence on social media so I think it was you know a brand being visible or Mm -hmm. you know the owner, founder of the brand being very visible on social media and I found that really endearing it was very easy to ask you a question and I mean I think if I did approach you I I was probably quite shy because I you know in the beginning didn't really do that all the time Mm -hmm. but I think your presence and the way that Pop Basic handles it um, social media makes it a lot easier for for bloggers to reach out or should make it Mm -hmm. a lot easier and comfortable for bloggers to meet um, to reach
0: out Yeah. Um, well thank you I think um, a lot of people say that to me um, but I think it's just because I felt like I was part of the black blogging community or the fashion community I guess in Australia Um, So. I was, I was just being myself online and I didn't really have like a strategy of, Hey, we're going to be like really open and like talk to people. Like that just seems obvious to me. Like I should be talking to our community and we should be really open. Um, and I do have to say though that, um, you know, it was, it's been really, really great working with you. I've never really seen it as like working with you. It's kind of just like a really fun, um, ongoing collaboration that we have and like I think our communities they really like overlap now um and I I mean I do get a lot of people who contact me and say hey um Hi Pop Basic like I want to work with you this is how many um visitors we have this is how many Instagram followers we have etc etc um and to be honest like I don't even think it crossed my mind to ask you about that um it just like it just felt natural and like your voice and um you know your like your community really speaks for itself like there's you have like such a good community and i think like in blogging now that's something that's quite difficult to achieve so i think that's it's pretty awesome that you've been able to do that thank
1: you and you know i think the other thing because a lot of readers and um bloggers want to know about approaching brands and Mm -hmm. i think Bottom line is you you just have to try. You have to put yourself out there. I remember I spent two days developing this pitch, this proposal for um, a brand that I already have a relationship with, in that I shop with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I sent them my pitch, and they didn't even acknowledge it. And really? I felt so sad. And you know, it really it made me think. Well, do I really want to shop with you anymore? Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, the flip side of that as well is that, you know, I spent so much time doing it. None of that's gone to waste, you know. And yeah. if there's another brand that I want to collaborate with, you've got a starting point. And mm-hmm. I think for bloggers it's really important to get your stuff together, you know, your media kit or your proposal um, template. It doesn't have to be about the numbers. Like mine yeah, wasn't. For sure. I don't have, yeah, I don't have – a massive following, um, so I don't really think it's about having the numbers. It's about having that sense of engagement with mm-hmm. the community. Yeah. Um, so I think you know, for blogs wanting to work with a brand, I think you keep trying. Mm-hmm. Uh, it might just be that it's not the right time for the brand. Yeah. Like I don't remember ever reaching out to you and you're saying and having you say, "Oh, Venetia, it's not the right time." But you know, for some brands, it. It might just be that it might not be the right time for them, or they might not have had a blogger reach out to them in that way, so they really don't know what to do with your request.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, and I think, I think it just—I mean, personally, I try to respond to everyone. Um, but the people that you know really um, intrigue me are the people that you know—you can tell they've put a lot of work into their proposal. Um, they know my name and like I put my name everywhere so um it's pretty easy to um find that um and then they just really understand your brand like I think if anyone were to contact me and I can tell they understand my brand um I'll work with them no matter how many followers they have or um whatnot because I know that they care about um our brand and they'll care about how they portray our products online um and they'll be honest and like that's what's most important to me um yeah i think we've sort of
1: covered the next question um one of our community members asked um maddie what made you as a brand want to work with Venetia and her blog Mm -hmm. if you feel have answered it we could always just move on because we've got quite a few to get through yeah sure i think i've definitely
0: answered that i think it's um your community and yeah just how honest you are and Yeah, I think I've answered that. So what was the next question? The next
1: question is, why did I want to partner with Pop Basic? (laughs) Uh, And I think it's basically your philosophy and your approach to business. Mm -hmm. And I I feel like Pop Basic really fit my move, especially at that time, um, towards creating a wardrobe that worked for me. Mm -hmm. And I like that it wasn't about quantity, it wasn't about um, something that would sell. I feel like there's a lot of thought that goes into the Pop Basic collections that would fit lifestyles and fit, you know, wardrobes and minimalism. And that's what really, um, really got me. And I think, you know, really at the end of the day, talking to you and, you know, following Cohen on Twitter, how could you not want to be involved in supporting Mm -hmm. people pursuing their dreams and and who moved across the world to do it? Like, even if... (laughs) I think that's really inspiring and I think not many people have the opportunity or the courage or the resources to do that and I think it's so important especially as young women to if you can support each other in any way that you can and I felt like collaborating with Pop Basic wasn't just helping your brand but it was also sort of standing I think in a little bit of solidarity with a fellow young woman who was doing what she wanted to do and I think that's that's the message of empowerment. And I think that also comes through in your brand and how? why would you not want to be part of that? So I think that's probably my answer oh, to why wow. I wanted to work with Hot Basic. Thank
0: you, that's so awesome. <laughs> like, I've never really heard that perspective before. I mean, I guess I'm pretty open with like our journey and what we're doing, um, but I didn't really realize that it comes across that way, but that's really cool. Thank you i yeah i really appreciate your support like you've been awesome and yeah thank you Venetia. that's so cool my,
1: my wardrobe um appreciates your brand <laughs> that's good um, our next question is from q who is from beautiful life industries and it's a blogging question so mm-hmm. she's asking do you think it's better to have a theme for your blog, say fashion, food, etc., or can blogs that dabble in a little of everything be successful?
0: Mm-hmm. Um. Well, I'm technically, I mean, I have a blog, but it's more a blog for Pop Basic, and to be honest, I haven't been as consistent with that as I should have been, just because I felt like I can't get... Um, Enough. I, I'm we're actually rebranding that at the moment, so we're going to relaunch that next year. But I mean, what attracts me to a blogger is usually their personality. So, I mean, if they could have their personality show through consistently, if they have multiple themes, like I think that that will work. Um, but then I do follow a lot of bloggers who are just food or just fashion, but I think the most important thing is you can have, like, consistency throughout your entire blog, whether that's um, just talking about your life overall or one theme. I don't know. What do you think?
1: It's It's been tricky for me. I think personally I've blogged about a little bit of everything, and mm. I think it really fit that, you know, my blog is a lifestyle blog. Um, you know, we recently – got landed with a 10 year old so yeah. in addition to everything I talked about you know there are a few mom posts thrown into there but I also think it's about what you want and the type of engagement you want because I personally feel for example with beauty uh, beauty blogs I love reading through them like if I need information I have friends who are beauty bloggers and I can go and I can get that information but it's a lot harder for me to engage mm-hmm. with those posts all the time. Yeah, so that's if you're true. Posting three times a week about lipstick, I appreciate it. They might be great posts and they might be very informative. But as a blogger, do you want me to tell you three times a week, great post, informative post, great mm-hmm. lipstick? That's been difficult for me. Um, so I feel like for me, I've done a little bit of everything, but it's fit. It it's fit certain themes. For example, I've always wanted to write about food, um, but then I've realised that my my blog isn't a food blog. Um, yeah. I'll talk about what I had, you know, for lunch, or there'll be a picture of you know whatever I ate during brunch. But I've started thinking about it differently. So if I want to write about food, and I wanted to talk about um, some of the dishes that I learned to cook from my mom, um, mm-hmm. and Instead of making it about the food, I made it about the relationship or I made it about memory and tied it in that way. So I agree with you. I think you need to be consistent so your readers know what to expect. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, that food post that I did was so popular because I generally don't talk about those things. So I think it's about, you know, getting to know your audience and, you know, looking at whatever you've posted and seeing which posts – people engage with the most mm-hmm. um, but also at the end of the day it's your blog yeah. so you know, if you've been talking about fashion for you know 20 posts and then you want to write about I don't know um, a social issue it's your blog yeah. you know and if you've developed a, a strong following people will appreciate that mm-hmm. and I think it's about letting people know why you've chosen to deviate from, yeah. what, from what you normally talk about yeah, and I think sure. that's helps them. So I definitely think that you could still be a successful blogger by by dabbling in everything, but mm-hmm. also it's up to you to define what success is because if you tried to if people tried to look at my blog and see whether I was successful or not based on numbers, I probably wouldn't be successful mm-hmm. um, based on numbers alone. So I think at the end of the day you decide what success on your blog looks like for you. Mm-hmm. You do what's comfortable for you. And I think there are people who are going to appreciate
0: that. Yeah, and I guess like for myself, like I feel like uh, one of the reasons why I kind of stepped back a little bit from my blog was just because, like you were saying, like uh, you know, if you wanted to talk about beauty, that's great. Um, but I guess I'm trying to balance like how I would talk about like my personal um, not personal issues, but I guess like building pop basic and like the journey. And like, I, I think those are things that people would be interested in. And I think next year, this is what I want to, um, like pursue a little bit more. And I'm trying to think, would that be good on like a YouTube channel or would that be, um, better on just a blog? Or, um, I think definitely podcasting is really great for introducing our popsters. Um, but I guess like it would be awesome like to get your advice like how do you what would you like to see like if we were to pursue like a YouTube channel or a blog like would you just like it to be like pop basic the brand or um, you as a reader would you be interested to like hear it from my perspective and like what I'm doing day to day
1: I think the behind-the-scenes, the processes are just as important as final outcomes, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of that gets lost. Yeah. So I think, you know, if you are documenting the day-to-day process, or I know it's, it was probably a year or so ago, but we were – I had asked you about the factories that you yeah. use, and you mentioned that Cohen was thinking about, you know, eventually one day visiting Yeah. Um, other factories. And if you go, I volunteer to be the blogger on the trip. <laughs> and <laughs> – that for you, yeah. Uh, but I things like that, the behind the scenes it, is very interesting. The personal post like I read the um, post you did about how you and Colin met, mm-hmm. and he's he's a bit like the silent sort of partner. <laughs> but it, I'm curious about him. I've yeah. been lucky enough to get to know a, a little bit about him from you. Um, yeah, he but, thinks you're uh, awesome, by the way. Oh, I think he's, <laughs> he has such lovely hair. I am so jealous. <laughs> <laughs> Just a bit weird. He's going to be like,
0: why no, is Venetia yeah. talking about my hair? Everyone talks about his hair. It's so funny. He's like, why do people talk about my hair? But, yeah, it's, I agree. I love his hair. <laughs> and, you know, he styled um, one of the collections. Yes,
1: he did. He did. And so, you know, things like that are really interesting, And t- yeah. you know, behind the scenes in terms of Cohen's um, experience as a male, you know, working in this in this industry which mm-hmm. you know for pop basic is is female you know yeah. what what is that like and i think lots of people would be really interested in that i mean you moved halfway across the world maddie <laughs> <laughs> yeah i so i thought the processes would definitely be very interesting and i think especially now a lot of the pop basic consumers seem to be very ethical or interested very conscious about where their clothes are coming from mm-hmm. um, And I think, you know, talking about that or letting people into your process, Mm -hmm. even just the package delivery, how do you write those many handwritten notes before you get all the boxes out and get them out on time?
0: Yeah. And I think
1: there's a scope for for Pop Basic to talk about behind the scenes and processes. sure.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's, yeah, that's interesting that you say that, um, I guess I was trying to figure out like what aspects of behind the scenes or like personal I should write about, but I, I think you're right. Um, like behind the scenes in terms of like how the business works is quite interesting. Um, but we, we actually just moved warehouses. So we took a few shots, um, of our new like location and we're going to be putting that on our, um, our new blog, which we're launching early next year. Um, yeah. So I'm glad that you've already, um, that yeah, you think that that's a good idea so cool Definitely. Um,
1: yeah Shall we move on sure okay our next question is from elizabeth from mm-hmm. all that is beautiful she has a gorgeous instagram account um, and she's curious about trust mm-hmm. and asking how do you build trust really well or what is the best way to build trust so you build a following especially when there are so many many bloggers out there competing for a follow
0: yeah for sure um well i think as a brand and i guess just as a person online um, it goes back to what i was saying before about being consistent and then um if you say that you're going to do something, like be consistent with that and follow through, um, and be yourself because it would be so difficult to, um, and like, this is what I was saying before. I didn't set out to have a strategy, um, or like a different personality, like my entire brand, like every channel is more just an extension of my personality. And I think that that's something that's really important. Like if you're yourself and you're consistent, um, with your content, I think that that's a really good way to build trust. And it just takes time. Um, like a lot of people like, Oh, your, your brand like, um, seems really big and, um, you know, almost like an overnight success, which it's definitely not. Like it's taken us, uh, almost three, like almost three years since we thought of the idea. Um, yeah, so I think it's just time and, um, consistency and being yourself what do you think as a as a blogger in um, terms
1: about i skype building funny. trust with there brands um so in terms of building trust with brands i think it's if you were to do that i think it's really important from the outset to be honest mm-hmm. about things like your numbers your community and what you bring because i think you you dig yourself a hole if you say your numbers are bigger than they than what they are or if you promise to do things you really can't and mm-hmm. it comes back to what you said about not really c- being too concerned about the size of the blog mm-hmm. but about engagement and that relationship with a blogger so i think in terms of trust with brands i think it's important to to actually say what you can do, be honest about what you can and what you cannot do. Um, and I think brands appreciate that because then they know what they're getting themselves into. Mm-hmm. In terms of building trust with readers, I think it's important to be yourself um, and to identify your point of difference. I think if people understand where you're coming from and how your blog is different to the next um, and if you know your voice, comes out quite strongly. I think that's important. One of the biggest compliments that I've received in my whole um, blogging journey was to meet bloggers in real life and have them say, "Oh my goodness, you're exactly the way you are online." <laughs> and I think yeah. that's, I guess, to a degree, what you'd like to strive for—to mm-hmm. meet in real life and and them to—it's the same person, it's the same voice. Um, so I think it's basically, you know, just being honest with yourself and mm-hmm. with your readership.
0: Yeah, There's sure. no
1: point I, trying to paint a rosy picture um, for them if it's not what you're feeling. And I yeah. think it it's therapeutic if you can, you know, you don't have to tell everyone everything, but I think it's, it's therapeutic and you grow a lot as a person if you can learn to say, you know, things aren't great or you know, my life isn't perfect every day. Mm. Um, and I think people, people like that. But at the same time, it's that fine line because someone said to me, people really like drama. People mm. respond to drama. So if, you, if you want, talk about all the things that are going wrong and that's going to get you the most engagement. Yeah. Um, I think it's, it's about balancing that. And I mean, what happens if you don't have drama in your life every day? You're not mm. going to make it up. No. Um, I think it's just important to be honest about who you are what you're doing on your blog and I think that builds trust
0: yeah for sure that would be exhausting like not being honest I think like having to have a persona I actually yeah. when you said that I was like I wonder if there, as there probably is and I'm probably not um, remembering but is there like a fictional blogger I think that would be really interesting like if someone's created a character I remember like back in 2009, there was a, um, like a cartoon rabbit um, and it was a French illustrator. She created this character for a rabbit. It was really cool. So I was like totally well, that, sidetracked.
1: That might be an idea for <laughs> you. <laughs> All right, um, so Christian from Without A Style wants to know, Maddie, what have you most enjoyed about blogging mm-hmm. and what have you found challenging about it?
0: Okay, I can start with the challenging question first because this is the most obvious, um, consistency. So I Mm. think one of the problems that I have is I get so excited about so many things and I'm like, I just need to pull myself back and just focus on a few things. Um, And I think that our blog has kind of um, been hurt with that um, because I haven't been able to have the consistency um, that it needed um but I think like what I'm really enjoying with blogging is being able to talk to everyone because not everyone's going to engage with us on Facebook or or Twitter or Instagram or through email like a lot of people just want to respond to um sorry my dog's barking Deli sorry I might just have to go and um see who's at the door yeah um, yeah, so I just really enjoyed being able to engage with like a different segment of our audience that, um, I haven't been able to chat to before. And that's what I really like. I, I like being able to find, um, popsters that, you know, love our brand, but I haven't really engaged with before. And I think blogging allowed me to do that. Um, and in 2015, um, when we rebrand, I think Um, I'll be able to engage with more people in the way that um, we're going with our blog. So, yeah.
1: I think it's important what you said about consistency, but also realizing that that takes time to mm-hmm. develop. But you can't develop that consistency until you've tried a few things, and you know you know what works for you and what works for your audience. And I think yeah. sometimes when we start up our blogs, we think this is a great idea. I'm sure people are going to love this. Mm-hmm. And once you do, perhaps people don't respond to it the way that you thought they would. Yeah. Um, you know, and then you re look at things. And I think it takes time to build um, consistency. Like on my blog, the things that I, the topics I talk about, it's taken about four years for me to get to where I am. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not to say that the things I blogged about before don't carry any weight yeah. or, or what they were, but it just took that time to really find my voice, to find my point of difference mm-hmm. and to find that balance between what I wanted to talk about and what my readers enjoyed.
0: Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think
1: you know you're you're on you're on the right track and I think you know realizing that early on and having that consciousness makes the difference between, you know, a a blog that's going to last and perhaps a blog that won't.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um I don't know if um I don't know if we knew each other like previous to Pop Basic, but I actually used to run a fashion, not a fashion blog. It was more like a lifestyle blog um, back in like 2009. And I had that for around two years. Um, and I think I kind of carried on my perspective from that to our pop basic blog. And obviously like a lot of things have changed in five years. So like the way audiences react to blogs now, like I've just, I've noticed with even popular blogs, they don't get the comments that they do anymore. And I wonder, are like the same like amount of people reading them or are they just not, they don't have the attention span to comment or I don't know. I've, do you feel like I've, there's been a change I've, with that?
1: the exact same thing like I still have the same amount of um, page views and readers or even more than I had before but fewer comments Mm. and I think it's you know people are using a different platform like I get a lot of engagement on Instagram um, and I know last year I had mentioned to someone that I felt Instagram was a great community and they were like what Instagram community but I have Instagram is a really strong community for yeah. me. Um, I think people are finding other ways to engage so while I don't get as many comments and I get significantly less comments now than I did a few years ago but I find that the engagement, I'm getting more engagement if that makes any sense at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you know we thought of engagement as as comments, as commenting but I, I feel like the engagement I'm getting has changed in its nature. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, more people will send me emails, um, or or they'll talk to you on different platforms. Yeah, and I I try not to take it too personally. I try not to take it to heart too much because there are so many blogs. Mm-hmm. Um, I myself I read so many, but. I don't always comment. And, you know, most of the blogs that I read, they are the bloggers are my friends and we're in touch on email or Twitter um, and things like that. So I think the nature of engagement
0: has changed and, you yeah. know, we aren't as many comments as we used to. Yeah. And I think, like, from a brand's perspective, like, a lot of people know so much about me, but I really wish that there was a way or there was some kind of, like, platform that was easier for our customers to all engage with one another. Um, because I've noticed like a couple of like friendships have formed through like the Pop Basic community. Um, and I just I think like, everything's kind of changing at the moment. Um, you know, Facebook, it's kind of difficult to engage with one another. I feel like it's just kind of like a one direction thing. Um, and so I guess I felt like the blog was a way to address that, but yeah.
1: That's just a side
0: note.
1: It's all trial and error. I think, you know, you try different things and you see what works and I never thought I'd get that sense of community on Instagram and it's happened. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, Instagram's been really great for us as well. Um, Yeah, it's definitely a good community, a good tool for us.
1: Um, Okay, so Christian from Without a Style again asks me Mm -hmm. why I choose to blog. a lot of people wouldn't believe this, but I am quite shy. Me too. I'm really shy. <laughs> I'm confident, and I can, you know, I can carry a conversation, and I am outspoken. But I don't do too well in in large groups. Mm-hmm. So, for example, if um, it was dinner for twenty people, I would find a reason not to go. <laughs> um, and and because I feel like in groups that large especially if it's a group I don't know, I would get lost. Mm. Whereas if it were a dinner for four or five, I feel like people would have to work at engaging with you, talking to you, making you feel part of the group, especially if you're new to the group. But in larger groups, that doesn't really happen. Mm-hmm. I think you know most people assume someone else will get to you or you know you'll make the effort with someone. But it's just the larger the group, the more I panic. Yeah, Um, and especially if you're meant to, especially if it's like a dinner. If it's a conference, it's a bit different. But, you know, if it's a dinner or a gathering at someone's house. So what I really like about blogging is that it allows me to be part of a community but it also gives me and everyone else in the community the freedom to decide when we engage with each other Mm -hmm. and allows us to hold back and when we hold back it's okay so even on things like social media you know there is a community if you wanted to know something you could reach out to your community on social media but it's It's not as demanding as sort of in real life communities, Mm. um, you know, where if you miss a community meeting or if you don't go to a a book club or something, there can be repercussions. So, what Mm -hmm. I like about my blog and online communities is that you have that freedom. So, people who perhaps aren't as comfortable, um, you know, have that choice to engage or or disengage when they want to. Um, And I think that's I get asked this question a lot, so I thought I'd, you know, find a different answer compared to I love to write or you know I like sharing. But I really think that as I've got older, um, I've appreciated having that freedom and that space to do that without being judged too harshly. Yeah,
0: I can I completely relate to that. Um, and what you were saying before, um, that a, a lot of people when they meet you, they say, "Oh, you're exactly like you are online." Yeah. Um, the funny thing with me is people will meet me and they'll say oh I expected you to be a lot more outgoing or like even extroverted um and I think that's why I'm really drawn to working online because it allows me to be like to show my personality without having to be in front of a room of six seven thousand thirty thousand people um because that would freak me out like I had to do uh, public speaking in front of a, a group of like 300 investors and that was that was my idea of a nightmare like I, I don't think I'd want to do that again um but yeah so I, I really love working online I can engage with so many cool people but I don't necessarily have to like put myself physically out there so I can definitely relate to that
1: well I think you might need to be careful because at the rate Pop Basic is growing you might have to- dress a room full of six seven thousand
0: people <laughs> <laughs> yeah i well uh, yeah i I'm, I'm okay once i i get into it That's but true. yeah um i, I had a bit same. of training
1: yeah i feel the same like once i'm in the room if you know i can't find a reason to get out of it once i'm there i'm fine mm-hmm. it's just the thought of getting there and doing it like once you're in it you have no choice you've got to you've got to engage and you've got to make the effort mm-hmm. but um, it's, it's taxing especially if, if you have to do it quite often. Yeah. All right, we're on our last question and um, this one from Rita from mm-hmm. Fashion Class um, who's a New Zealand blogger, she's based in Auckland and I'm really looking forward to meeting with her. She's got a lovely blog. Um, so she's interested to hear about managing expectations
0: of the blogger brand relationship. Well, mm-hmm. um, I think that it's really important from the outset to, you know, talk like talk through all of your expectations from the start. So, um, and like have, um, you know, have a discussion with the blogger, whoever you're working with. Like, these are the things that um, we're not necessarily that I actually, when I talk to bloggers, I don't necessarily like to say, I want you to talk about X, Y, and Z. Um, I want them to talk about like our product if they do like it, um, like, authentically. Um, and to be honest, we don't really gift a lot of our products. Um, but when I have worked with people, I think just having realistic expectations and like setting everything out from the beginning, um, that way, like no one's caught out how have you kind of experienced working with other brands i've um
1: my biggest thing is brands expecting bloggers to do a lot of work without realizing exactly how much work we put into the collaboration and mm-hmm. supporting the brand um yeah. so i think a brands think well look come on I'm sending you the product it's just a couple of pictures and write a post but that takes a lot of time um, especially if you want to write it authentically I know with some brands um, that have wanted to send me samples and you know like beauty samples and they're these little tiny packets or bottles and I've had to reply and say I'm sorry they are not going to make great pictures yeah Um, how can I aesthetically, how is that going to work for my blog? Um, So I think while I like to ask all the questions to make sure I I understand what the brand expects of me, I'm also becoming more confident to say this is how much time it takes me, this is what's involved, there are no iPhone photos on my blog, Mm -hmm. Um, this is how much time goes into editing. Um, And so they realize that it is real work. Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily the brand doing me a favor by wanting to collaborate. It's mutual. I think a lot of brands fail to understand that it is mutual. I have something to offer you, and you have something to offer me and my community. Mm -hmm. And I think Talking about that as part of managing expectations is important, um, and also to move away from brands simply gifting bloggers things. Because if you're trying to move into blogging as as a form of employment or as for income generation, it's important to be able to have the confidence and you know the the information to say well yes you need to give me the product so I can review it but this is how much it's going to cost and to be confident enough in yourself in your community to be able to say that Mm I think it's a, it's probably a little weird to talk about that in terms of managing expectations, but I think if you can show the brand that you're very professional in how you run things, that helps with the relationship and the expectations because then they know from the outset that they're not working with someone who's doing it just for the product, who's doing yeah. it um, just to build a following on their blog. You're doing it because you have a connection to the brand, but at the same time, it's not about doing them favors. Yeah. You know this. A mutual, mutually beneficial relationship. Um, they obviously are a business brand. They're going to be professional about it, and you as a blogger are just as professional about mm-hmm. it. And here are some of your expectations of how you're going to be treated in the process. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's one of the main things I try to manage when working with brands. Um, you know that this is a business for me too. This is this is a profession. You know I'm. This is how I'm going to behave and. Mm-hmm you need to understand that
0: yeah i i definitely agree with that i think it's just about like mutual respect and like you said you have all of your photographs are beautiful and i myself know how much work goes into that like it takes us um days to like set up our locations like scout them get the models um organize hair makeup um styling and then recording them it takes an entire day and then editing and yeah. doing the lookbooks, like it takes a lot of work um, to have quality. So I definitely think that I would rather work with someone who, you know, is very professional on the outset and, and listed out those expectations, because then I know that that they're, they're probably going to um, follow through and they'll respect your brand and your product. Um, and yeah, I think that's really important. Um, we, when we first started, we did gift a few of our our micro collections to people um and I think we kind of made the mistake of not having that discussion with people and then I would find you know bloggers might necessarily um uh how would I say this they they didn't really like they, they didn't see it as like a um like a not a profession but something that they took really seriously and like our products would just um you know, they would keep them like, I, th- I think they had no intention of blogging or like, and I don't want anyone to blog if they don't truly like our products. Like that's definitely not something um, that we want, but I like having discussion with a blogger like yourself and saying like, this is what we both want to get out of this. Um, and we agree on this. And yeah, I think that's really important. And you do have like a lot to offer, like pretty much all of our revenue has come through word of mouth um, and our referral program. So yeah, I can definitely attest to um, the benefit of working with bloggers.
1: All right, well, those were all the questions that we got from the community about um, brand blogger partnerships.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, Okay, so this, seeing as this is episode four of Sunday Brunch, I think it's very important that I discuss um, brunch and all things food with Venetia. So I have a few questions. We're running at about 41 minutes now. So um, the first one is, where is your favorite brunch place?
1: Ooh, um, there's this new place in, actually no. My favorite brunch place is at home because (laughs) on Sunday morning is the only day of the week where my family makes me breakfast or brunch mm-hmm. so i usually end up staying in my pajamas until about ten thirty, and there are pots and pans banging in the kitchen while patrick and miss 10 make me something yummy and the table gets set really beautifully and then i get ready and i come out and we have brunch as a family so
0: i think uh-huh.
1: in my house
0: that sounds really nice i want someone to do that <laughs> oh <and> take note <laughs> <laughs> cohen yeah, we, to be honest, we don't actually have a dining room table. We just move, like we used to live and work out of a studio um, and now we've moved into a much bigger place and we still don't have a table. So I usually work and eat at my desk all the time. So that's, I need well, to get a table like, first.
1: Or, you know, get like a little really pretty picnic mat or like a blanket on the floor. and yeah,
0: Yeah, that's a good idea. I could do that. I'm just thinking that's very Instagrammable. Yeah. So, look, there's a Sunday coming up. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. So, I guess that answers my second question. Like, um, well, that's your Sunday routine, but what is like your weekend routine overall? Um, We try to get to the market, the farmer's market, on
1: Saturday mornings. Mm -hmm. Um, But the weekends are quite slow in our home. we watch a fair bit of TV on the weekend because we don't um, let Miss Ten watch much telly during the week. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of reading. I don't know, It's quite boring, actually. I might take some blog photos. Yeah. Um, that doesn't sound we boring. <laughs> we catch up with family um, on Skype. So we don't actually have any family here in New Zealand. Mm-hmm. So you know, we use the weekend to catch up with family, um, and. Yeah, we like to look for street art, and Dunedin's pretty good for it. So we'll just go wandering around um, different neighbourhoods, and you come across some of the most beautiful street art. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's quite a weekend tradition.
0: Yeah. Oh, that sounds lovely. Um, So I guess my second last question is, what is your dream brunch location and your dream brunch date? It could be a fictional character as well.
1: Mm. Um Dream Brunch Location. Look, because I've spent a bit of time in Dunedin at the moment, um, we don't get great weather. Mm-hmm. So when it is nice and warm and sunny, the ideal brunch location would just be outside, um, at the park or at the beach. And the water is never warm enough to swim here. <laughs> so you know in the summer you'll see an iceberg it happened oh, once i'm not kidding you'd be at the beach and you'd see an iceberg <laughs> sort of floating along um so anywhere <laughs> <laughs> warm um outdoors al fresco um type uh dining. i'm not too fussy i think in terms yeah. of ideal brunch date um i really miss all my blogger friends in canberra
0: mm-hmm.
1: i think we're pretty uh mean group and we got up to lots of really cool things so i would definitely um say some of the girls from canberra especially rachi Mm -hmm. um she's lovely and we used to spend a lot of time together and i quite miss her so i think that'd be really nice to catch up
0: with some of them yeah awesome uh and my last question is like pop basic um oriented question what are the five pieces actually that seems like a lot if you can think of five um would you like us to create in 2015 ah that i'd like (laughs) to create yeah oh um
1: (laughs) i actually see i don't wear socks a lot but i think a pair of socks would be really cool and Um, i think i've said that that to you before Uh i think a pair of socks um a striped dress, but not like the male one, um, a lot more straight, so not yeah. cinched at the waist and, uh-huh. you know, straight down. I think another striped dress. Um, what else have you? We- you guys have done quite a bit. A few more um, bottoms, leggings. Yeah. Can we please have some perhaps black leggings because that would work so nicely with a lot of the top pieces that you've
0: put out? Like a thick legging, like a jegging, or like a legging that you'd wear underneath skirts?
1: Yeah, like a legging you'd wear underneath skirts and perhaps a thicker one because I should think about me and how cold it gets here. So yes, a thicker one too,
0: please. Okay. (laughs) Cool. Yeah, I can't really think of anything else. That's Um, okay. I put you on the spot. (laughs)
1: Yeah, I I wasn't expecting that. I, I thought you'd ask, like, you know, what are your favorite three pieces and so when (laughs) you said five I can think of five and then I heard the second
0: (laughs) girl (laughs) I'm really being sneaky and just trying to get you to do all of my work for me so you can just (laughs) like do our entire um our our fashion like calendar for 2015 and just like send that over to me (laughs) what
1: I've been really um looking for and haven't been able to find is a nice um travel wallet that doesn't look like a travel wallet and isn't bulky and doesn't have that ugly zip around like I want something like that's like an envelope that closes that way but is big enough wide enough that you could um, fold your tickets because I'm still very old school and a lot of the places that I go to you still have to print um, your tickets off so it's Mm -hmm. not an electronic so I like something if you folded an A4 paper in thirds, it would fit nicely with your passport and boarding passes and mm-hmm. money, um, but something a little bigger that if you wanted to, you could slip your phone in. Um,
0: and I haven't been able to find that. So okay. that's interesting. Well, that's something that we're actually going to be doing a lot more of um, next year, which is like leather pieces. So like we have a wallet coming out Um tote bags and more clutch bags as well and maybe even like makeup bags but that'll probably be mid next year so yeah yeah i'm really really excited um yes i think that's all we have time for today um i think if you could just quickly let our popsters know where they can find you online
1: Okay, so I have a blog, and it's um, a life unstyled. And if you just Google a life unstyled or my name Venetia, it should come up, and um, there are all the details
0: there. Thank you so much for having me, Maddie. It's a thank real you. pleasure. It's this nice is to very. Be able to chat. Thank you so much. This has been very belated. Um, I'll put your um, like your where you, where our popsers can find you online in our show notes, so they'll be able to see a link below. Um, thank you so much for joining me this is so cool like technology is awesome you're talking to me all the way from New Zealand that's just I sound like such a grandma right now I should go (laughs) all right thank you